Hi, and welcome to Living Your Soul's Journey. You are not just a person. You're a soul with a path of evolution. There is a bigger picture here, a reason for what happens to us. When we discover this deeper meaning, we receive freedom and abundance. Each week, we will be discussing matters relating to the soul, spirit, and cosmic energies. Learning how to incorporate all of these aspects into living an abundant and happy life. Isn't that what we all want? Dr. Vicki's transformational program uses intuitive and well-proven methods to identify the root cause of what is preventing success, to help bring positive change, the change your soul is crying out for you to experience. If you're lonely, sad, and stuck, then listen into the show and find out ways to become free and happy. It's easy to call into the show or simply listen. Either way, sit back, relax, and enjoy living your soul's journey. Welcome to Living Your Soul's Journey. I'm Dr. Vicki, and I'm so pleased to be with you this evening. Tonight, we're going to get into the root of the problem. For weeks, I have spoken about the universal laws. That's my passion. That is where my practice is dedicated, because without understanding these universal laws, it really can kind of slow down the progress of where we want to go. And I, my job is to help you manifest your dreams, lose weight, find your dream home, and well, just handle about anything. And if you really understand, really understand and utilize these universal laws and apply them to your own life, miracles do and can happen. Now, there's one thing I want to say about karma, because I, uh, anytime I have anyone on, on um, my show, and if there's something that I want to discuss about it further, I, I will do that on my own, on my own show, uh, on my own time. But I just want to say that I have been trained, um, you know, not heavily in karma, but I do understand it to the best of my ability. And I know that here on this earth, we have a tendency to judge and say, oh, they're going to have bad karma. Oh, that's going to bring them good karma. But I don't always know that I know what's what's really going on in someone else's world or what's really going to bring karma or good karma to them. I don't know the answer. And I personally just have to say that because I do a lot of energy work and I know in energy work and we can reduce our karma, even if you don't know exactly what you did in another lifetime or what you didn't do in another lifetime. But I don't want anyone to feel at the effect of the law of karma because it is not something that you have to go and spend zillions of years cleaning up. There are other ways and modern ways that have come in. They're not really modern, but new energies that are coming into our world to help us understand this wheel of karma to rebirth ourselves even instantly. And obviously you have to be pretty high consciousness and you have to be willing to live the, the, the road less traveled. But I just want to say that because I've, I've just felt the need to. Um, anyway, it allows us the laws of, of um, the universal laws to, to 
Walking the road less traveled is what I really want to say. It allows us to tune into the laws, the way life is supposed to be, not the mass hysteria or upset that the world will and has had for eons. And y'all, the world is, is just that way. I mean, it is not going to be a peaceful universe, at least up to this moment in time. Yet the more folks that listen, tune in and apply the universal laws, the better the world becomes. Sometimes when you're out in the world, and I mean job, walking the streets, in Walmart, going to a store, going out to eat, you, begin, you can begin to wonder if anyone is really tuned in. But when you quiet yourself and listen, there are folks just like you and me who are tuning in. There are people out there. I know tonight, or I shouldn't say tonight, this afternoon I had a a closing appointment that I had to go to. And the man was late. He was uh, involved in a crash. He wasn't involved in it, but someone else was, and he was behind all of them. And he was running late, and I was sitting there thinking, I really want to do my show tonight. I really don't want to do a rerun. Uh, but you know, I'm, I have a job to do. And so I really used those universal laws in that moment to just settle myself in, put some energy toward where he was and he got there. Yeah, he got there 30 minutes late, but the truth is we got through with the closing quickly. I was prepared. I did everything I could, but I was using the universal laws the entire time to protect myself so that I wouldn't get upset and wouldn't get angry and that he would get home safely to where he was going so that we could get the closing done. So we can use these universal laws even in our workplace, our daily life, when we're waiting in line, when we're in a traffic jam. These universal laws are here for us. One of the best books that I have read on universal laws is the universal laws of God by Joshua Stone. I've read soul psychology and I love his books. I mean, he's a very, very well-versed, very wise and very high consciousness man and still reading it in sections as it is so powerful. I, it just brings me to a new understanding. Probably the best book to read by the way is, is um, the universal laws of God, but also soul psychology Um, to read before the universal laws as it helps to get yourself ready for actually ascending upward in consciousness. I know a family member gave uh, their psychology professor soul psychology, and I was quite surprised to find out that they really didn't know anything about it It, because psychology is typically, you know, not body, mind, spirit. There's no spirit involved. But yet how do you really, unless you just don't believe that way, but if you really apply the, the universal laws, how can you not apply them? One important aspect uh, that I recently looked at was the importance of living a balanced spiritual and earthly existence. Now, I, I got this from um, the universal laws of God because I know I studied this at Delphi. So it's not, it wasn't new to me. It was just a new presentation of it. But when I was acquiring my Ph.D. in Rohan, it's a transpersonal psychology Um, university, but I also have my PhD in that, I was ready to sometimes leave. You know, I, sometimes I just, life becomes so burdensome and you just like, you know, get me to the other side, the spiritual, I just want the spiritual part of my life and learning to love the earth, 
respect where we are, use the the beautiful gifts of the earth. I, I have a very dear friend that I met actually on my own my radio show years ago, and she creates the most beautiful jewelry. And I actually have her website um, on my website, vickyford.com, because she takes earth stones and creates and puts her own energies into these beautiful stones. And she even makes dog collars. And so, you know, you can go onto my website to find her website. Right now I don't have it fresh in my mind. But I think that is so beautiful when we are able to be spiritual, bringing spirituality into our physical world. So it is the key to getting away. Well, it's not just wanting to get away from this world. It's That's not the key. But respect where we are and not just want to get away from this world is key. It really is key in becoming higher consciousness. I, I know the feeling, as I have said many times, I don't want to come back here. I hope this is the end of my karma. You know, do all my energy work and, you know, do the best that I can in life so that I can, can end my, my karma here or in my, my, you know, move on up. So I personally am learning to balance and love the earth, love the people of the earth and love all the creatures of this earth so that I don't want to be resisting being here. I put down some oats, by the way. I have a beautiful woodsy area, and I had, when I put down the oats, which I don't really understand, I'll have to research on it, but all of a sudden I have had every kind of creature, a bird, of course the, the bear come and the deer come, but I've never seen so many great uh, creatures eating oats. I didn't realize I loved them so much. So, But anyway, <clears throat> bringing, bringing the balance uh, to this earth with your spirituality, it's not always the easiest thing, but that's how, according to Mr. Stone, that's how we ascend into ascended master status. When we talk about getting to the root of our issues, problems, concerns, my first question when I'm working with someone is always, what is the real problem you see in your life? What is the real problem? It is a beginning and opens the door to real awakening. You have to allow someone to really find what their real root issue is. Usually is not what they think. I did a coaching session with someone who said it was not my work. This is not about my work. Yet honestly, the work was just an opening to get into the real issue. She was right. It wasn't the work per se, but the work was burying the real issue. She used work to hide her life. I understand that. I've done it myself. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Many of us probably have. Stay busy. Keep doing things just to not have that quiet solitude where we have to look at ourselves. Feel. Feel. Feel alive. Feel our emotions. Just feel. My daughter has a friend that is always busy. How this person ever accomplishes anything, I'll never know. Because he's busy doing things that don't really move forward in what he's accomplishing, but he just has to stay busy, taking trips, going places, not focusing on what really is the goal. And it's because I think he finally told her, I, I just don't want to feel. And if I keep busy enough, I won't feel. 
Our thoughts are the key to opening up our new universe for ourselves and for the world we live in. It is the beginning of finding the root of the issues that are affecting us in our lives. A lot of spiritual people are so spiritual that they don't live in this world. They don't make money. They just live out there. It feels good. It feels really good. But guess what? We got to live in this world. I I know that uh, years and years ago, I um, worked with someone. I owned a business. And this person um, was a doctor. And um, we promoted in certain spiritual magazines. And I'm a very spiritual person. I thought this would be the greatest gift that I could ever do for the spiritually minded people. Guess what, though? None of them had any income to be able to afford the services of this doctor. And it's because they were so focused on the spirituality of their life that they forgot that they had to be on this planet making money. There has to be some sort of balance out there. And according to to, uh, Mr. Stone, this doesn't get us up the consciousness ladder, as I call it. We have to be balanced. In my energy work, we are constantly learning to raise our consciousness so as to tune in to more of the spirituality of life and to bring that spirituality into our physical world. Yet when we are driving, working, being in the world, we have to lower our attunement, still being highly conscious so that we are more grounded. If we're all floating out there, you know, with the with the spiritual energies and the cosmic teams and our, you know, guardian angels, then we're not going to stay focused to what's happening on this planet. And we are in a very dense energy planet. But that doesn't mean we can't bring light. And by the way, I did a, um, a card tonight from my um, John Holland um, uh, psychic cards that are based on the, you know, the other cards as well. But I, they, they're unique in themselves. And um, I picked the light card. It's number 19. I picked that because it's about bringing light, bringing light into this physical world. So um, it's, it's kind of interesting because when I'm out there doing lawyer work, that's the very time that I'm tested to see how spiritual I am how grounded I can be, how spiritual can I be when someone gets upset or someone has an issue with something? Is that a time really? For me, it is. What about you at work? Uh, Sometimes we don't have to be a so-called spiritual counselor or a energy worker to bring a sanity into our environment. And sometimes we're asked to do that. And so Remember that when you're looking at balance and, you know, I really don't like my job. I wish I was doing more spiritual work. Well, the truth is we have to be spiritual 24-7. So whatever you're doing, you can bring more spirituality in. Sometimes the hardest spirituality to bring in is in the darkness, is in the areas that need it the most. And um, we do get kudos for that, by the way, y'all. It does help us to raise our consciousness. So... A lot of times I'll drive because my my um, position in life at this moment does require a lot of driving. And I do something strange like just stop too long at a stop sign. And my family member will say, you need to get grounded. And I'm like, yeah, 
you're too far out there, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I really am. And that's not safe for ourselves, nor is it safe for those that are, that are around us. And I know that y'all know people um, that are out there driving that are in another world. They're just in another world, and that's, I suppose, why there's so many wrecks. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and judge that one. But we do have to – I think I have avoided – Probably I'm hearing my I'm hearing myself say six over the past week of, of wrecks that I could have happened, could have let happen. How do I say that? You know, these people that say, hey, I'll let a, a wreck happen to me because I'll sue them. Well, woo. I mean, hello. You might end up in, in a situation that you wish you'd never gotten into. So the truth is best to, to prevent and protect ourselves as well as others. So I prevented six wrecks this week because I was driving on my side of the road and I'm not going to ever sit here and say that I've never driven on the other side of the road. So when I started looking at that, I was like, you know what? Let me look real fast. Cause you know, these things happen fast. I thought I can move over a little bit without falling over the mountain or going into a ditch, but it'll be just enough to keep from a wreck. Because what if some, what if I did that to somebody else? I would certainly hope they would try to prevent an accident. And under the law, you are required uh, also to prevent one if you, you know, can prevent an accident. You're not supposed to sit there and say, "Ooh, that car's coming at me. I think I'll just let him hit me." If you can prevent it, you're, you know, you, you're expected to. So. But anyway, so if I were to work with someone, I would look at the six areas of their life. I would look at their relationships. And that's not just love relationships. That's all relationships, parents, sibling, work, whatever. Spirituality, that's the second one. Spirituality can be what I call spirituality, which is not religious, or it can be religious. It doesn't matter. It's what you believe. It's that spiritual connection that you have in life. Three would be well-being. But your well-being in life. Four would be money. Five would be career. And six would be health. Those are my six areas that I would work with you on. Then I would have you put a value on each of those areas. Then we would proceed to find the one most important or interesting or what you feel is needed to be addressed at this time and look how to improve it. Relationships are key. Many folks believe they have to have many friends, lots of social life. But when you start walking the road less traveled, you find that isn't really what it's all about. Maybe it is. Maybe you're on that road of your travel. It is what it's all about. But for some other person, it might not be. It's important, but not the key. I personally had a very high value to my relationships because the ones, although few that I have, are real. They are not the shallow bar type. When I say bar, I'm talking about drinking bar type relationships. It's the Facebook friend type where you can say, yeah, oh, wow. You know, I have 150 friends. Well, you don't know who they are. You don't even know what they really look like because you don't know their Facebook picture is, is actually who they are, but they friended me. Wow, I am popular. Well, I'm not talking about that. Spirituality is an important aspect to getting to the root as our beliefs in our relationships, but our beliefs in our lives and our spirituality can hurt us and others can, uh, can help us. So we have to be, you know, we have to be mindful of what we believe. If you have the religious belief 
that divorce is a sin, then you may live in a traumatic relationship with abuse and no spiritual growth due to that belief. So spiritual aspects of a person are very important in getting to the root of a problem or problems. Now, as a counselor, I call myself a, a coach counselor because as a counselor, I don't want to tell you what to do. And as a coach, you ask a lot of questions. But I find that the two combination um, as a combo work better for me because I do have a lot of wisdom in a lot of areas because I am an attorney. And a lot of sometimes people's relationships uh, affect them legally. And understanding the legal aspect of a relationship can be very valuable. And a lot of people don't know that. I mean, they may know about it from the Internet, but uh, as a lawyer, I really understand how lawyers, I mean, excuse me, how the physical laws can affect a relationship. So it was uh, very interesting. The other day I was doing a, um, a closing, a real estate closing, and I just had happened to go to a house where I, first I didn't recognize them, but I had been the guardian ad litem for their now adopted child. Well, the child was grown and they went into a story about what this person was going through. And I was like, Oh my heavens, this is not a, you can pray all you want. You can do spiritual work. You can do energy work. You can do everything you can, but truthfully it was a legal matter. And I did my best to explain to them. They already knew what they should do, but they needed to hear it from someone they had worked with earlier and had, had accomplished the goals that they were looking for. So they knew that I had, you know, experience in that background. And when I, I don't know, I, it's not my business to find out what they did and it's not my business to know, but at the same time I did send sponsorship to help them, you know, to do the best that they could. But just remember that it's important to know what your beliefs are. If you believe that you're supposed to stay in a marriage no matter what, and you're being abused and your children are being abused, uh-uh, that, that's, you know, you're not going to, I don't, I don't believe you're going to have bad karma. You know, there are other people that might disagree and that's just perfectly fine, but I don't believe that anybody's going to have bad karma for protecting their, their children. Now, your well-being, you might say to yourself, what is well-being? Because that's what I did. I said, my well-being, I mean, I guess that's my happiness quota. Well, how happy are you? Do you have to have a new dress, coat, new car, or something else, or someone in your life to be happy? Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? What brings you joy? I get joy every day by watching... Um, Lots of beautiful birds. I don't even know the names of them all. Some of them are turquoise. Some of them are blue. Obviously, I know those are bluebirds. I know that they're blue jays. They're red birds. They're uh, the most, like I mentioned earlier, they're little turquoise. It's almost like she's a little parrot or something that got loose, but she's just so beautiful. And I watched the squirrels. We had a bear last night. I watched the beautiful deer that just had her little fawn and I have beautiful water in the backyard and I have lots of food for them and it brings me joy. Now it, let's just say, you know, you, you say, well, joy should come from within, but it's your viewpoint as to what brings you joy. If, if I couldn't feed the birds anymore, oh, I want to share a story about that because this is a viewpoint that someone very dear to me, my mother, had about her birds and her squirrels and the love of nature. She uh, was very, very elderly, and um, 
the doctor told her that she could no longer go outside. And her only joy in life outside of her family, which had dwindled down considerably through, you know, death and distance and, and just a lot of reasons, she just five days later passed away. And I knew exactly what had happened. Nobody else would have understood it. I really don't think the medical profession would have said, oh, well, it's because she couldn't uh, be outside, you know, feeding her birds and her squirrel. But her birds and her squirrels brought her so much joy, and it cost her very little. I usually brought her the bird food. I usually brought her the peanuts. Somebody else brought her peanuts. And and it was a joy to see the love that she had for those critters in her world. And once she found out that she could no longer go outside and feed them, she passed away five days later. So I had something to come up the other day. Um, I got unhappy, and my daughter said, Mom, are you just waiting for that time when we move and you get your house on the bay with your boat and land? I said, yeah, I guess I am. I mean, that's exactly what's happening right now. And I just, I'm asking myself about waiting. It woke me up. And I started looking at what I have now. What do you have now? And how perfect it may be and how wonderful it, it may be. Peace. A wonderful family. Large or small, it doesn't matter. It's a family. Security. A way to pay your bills. Love. Love from friends. Love from family. Love from your pets. Love from the birds that are out there enjoying everything that you give to them. Your health. Your wisdom. Your career. I mean, I could go on and on. And it shook me out of that. Oh, wow, did it shake me out. And she said, you know, we look for the answers to everything in our life. And we want to be this perfect person. And we want to have this perfect thing. But nobody knows us like God knows us. Nobody knows us like spirit knows us. And spirit loves us anyway. So just relax. Don't try to have it all. Don't try to be perfect all the time. And don't be miserable if it's not perfect all the time. Wow. Pretty wise, wouldn't you say? I mean, oh, I can't be happy until this happens. Or or you can't get into that life. Or, or even better, some of us believe that until the right relationship comes in, you can't be happy. Relationship to be working on never goes away. Just look at the mirror. It's right in front of you. Then when I'm working with someone, I look at their money, their money situation. Is that an issue? Then we address it. Some people are wealthy. Some people have wealth, but yet they have issues with that. It might be their career, even their health. I don't pretend to handle anyone's medical issues, by the way, but I can help their thought patterns about their health and their life. This, along with proper medical help, can be powerful. I have personally seen people cured of cancer and other health issues just by changing their thoughts, their way of life, yet still staying with a doctor that understands the power of the mind. Now, that's a pretty strong statement, because, but doctors are changing. I, um, I know that they are. I mean, there's, there's, there's some, some insights now into the power of the mind and how your attitude. Now, I went to a doctor years and years ago. And the first thing, well, not the first thing, but one of the, one of the comments that came out of this doctor's mouth was, we're going to do this procedure, but I have to know your attitude on it. 
How positive are you are you on the results of it? How positive are you that this will work for you? And we had to go through that because he wasn't going to do any kind of procedure unless I was positive about it. Now, he had to do his part, obviously. But if he was going to be working with someone who believed that everything goes wrong and that there's no way this could work, then what's the point of doing it? Because the power of the mind uh, is, is very powerful. Even if you don't admit it to yourself, the universal laws will be tuned into for the most powerful, magical transformations in your life, or you can resist them. It's up to you. That's, that's free choice. That's free will. Now, working with a client can take one session or a year or more, depending on how they receive the insights, how much they want to change, how quickly the universal laws work, and also timing. Now, you can sit there all day long and say you need to move to Alaska or change jobs, but if it isn't the right timing, spirit will make it clear if you listen. I mean, you have to listen, though. I always love to use um, a singer named Shania Twain. She wanted to be a, I read her book, by the way. She wanted to be a singer so much and was ready to make it happen, and you know her talent, with her parents uh, were killed, I believe, in a car wreck. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I read her book, but anyway, she had to take care of her siblings and simply couldn't pursue her career. Voila, voila, years later, timing. She met her husband and her career was bigger than most country singers could hope for. Timing. Her talent hadn't changed. She still had the incredible talent. It was always there, but it was a timing issue. And, um, you know, there's some people that could say there was karma there, that she had to, to learn responsibility. Who knows? Nobody's, I'm not certainly going to say that, but it, it certainly would be, would make sense if it was that, well, maybe there's some responsibility lessons or was it all timing? You know, it's, it's, um, a combination. I, I believe that a lot of us go through now, um, my home was on the market, I think for over 10 years Nothing, nothing happened. My mother and I uh, lived close together. You know, within two months of her passing, the house sold. No accident. The market was still down. It was still just a timing issue, nothing else. The house was actually in better and worse condition at the same time. So, you know, it was not the best time to sell, but it sold. And the, 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 the earlier times for it to sell, um, wow, you know, it just didn't. Now, why do I mention timing? Because I believe when we get to the root of our issues, we have to remember timing, God's timing, not ours. We may be living with a sick spouse or other family member. We may be in a situation that is upsetting. Why waste this time? Why not use it to go within and find out more about ourselves? Do the best we can and find out why this time is so frustrating. We can then gain a higher consciousness and happiness. I mean, the outside circumstance hasn't changed, but we have. And I know how it feels. Um, it's very difficult to live with a sick person. I've done it, and it was probably the most difficult time of my life. I personally don't know how I survived without my spiritual energy work, my career, and taking lots of walks. Doesn't mean I didn't have meltdowns. I'm not going to sit there and say it was a perfect time, but at least I had some survival uh, mechanisms and procedures and tools to help me through it. Uh, when I work with a client, I have to always remember that the client is on their journey. You're on your own journey. No one can tell you what to do or when to do it. 
But a good counselor, coach, advisor works with you to guide you so that you have the strength, power, and connection to make your own decisions. The law of responsibility comes into play here. Another universal law. How ready are you to really discover the truths of what games are being played within yourself, within your life, but you're a player in it, or how to get out of the situation you are in? Life isn't always easy, y'all. You know that. But we can make it easier by following the laws of the universe. When we balance that physical with the spiritual, life can become easier. Now, I will tell you, and and I've said this to uh, my daughter, um, there are days when it's pouring down rain or snowing, whatever, the weather's bad, I'm tired, but I have to go out and work in in the car, and sometimes I don't feel like it. But you know what I do? I remember how, and I've been there on both sides of, of, of the game, how it feels not to have the money to pay your bills. Now, which is more uncomfortable? Being at home, being able to watch Hallmark, assuming you had the money to keep the TV on, and you have no money to pay your bills, but you're home, you're with your pets, or would you rather be out sometimes? I mean, I'm not saying that this is the only solution, but that's how I had to solve it that particular day. It's like I was thinking, you know what? I'm blessed to go out and make an income and support myself, my family, keep a household going. And it's worth it to me to do this and to enjoy my vacations, go to enjoy my life. So I want you to be aware of your thought patterns on this, okay? I mean, you, um, you, you have to believe that the challenges are sent to us by the universe to see how we respond. It's part of the game plan. It's not that God does anything to us. I cannot believe that, y'all. God is an energy. God is not a bad or good person who does horrible things to us. It is strongly my belief that if something happens to us, it is our, it could be karma, or it could be our thought patterns that, that, attracted it in or something like that. It's how, you know, how, why do bad things happen to good people? So we have to remember that y'all that we have to, it's, it's how we respond. It's part of the game plan. Using myself as an example, when I got into my last relationship and I mean that the last one being totally honest with myself, I was feeling that I couldn't do it alone. I mentioned this on earlier shows, biggest con game on myself. I had played, I mean, a big, huge con game. But I had played it numerous times before on myself, believing that I wasn't enough or couldn't handle my own life. It was a subconscious upset that played out once in a while. It didn't happen all the time, only when I was wanting to get away from that fear. The universe made sure I was presented with a partner that would totally take over my life, Woo! where I had no control. Well, obviously, with the help of energy work, spirit, and my determination to get better, I got out safely from that relationship. Friends of mine who were psychologists still today am amazed that I wasn't killed. I mean, there are stories all over the, the TV, all over TV about situations just like I was in, and they, they didn't survive. Successful tests like that are what help you progress up the consciousness ladder upward. The road less traveled, it isn't always easy. It's the road less traveled. I had the choice to be taken care of emotionally, spiritually, and control-wise, But I knew that was not right for me. I I felt like I was in prison. So somehow, I somehow got out of the relationship and survived. 
and had the most successful and spiritual awakening outside of when I left the suppressive religious group that I was that was in. It was that profound. Both times were life-changing. The spiritual law of responsibility reminds us that if we rise to the challenge of the spiritual test being presented, we will make great strides towards spiritual waking and higher consciousness and personal integrity. Higher consciousness and spiritual awakening while being planted on this earth, that's profound. That's, that's a great challenge, y'all, and you can do it. You can do it. Ask yourself, is it worth it? To do the best that I can. Is it all about money? Yeah, some of it is about money. Some of it is about relationships. Some of it is about our health. Some of it's, we have six areas on this planet that we need to really, really do well in. But we can use that spirituality, that connection to bring all that into a beautiful balance. That's what I work with people on. Some would dare to say that I gave up a lot by being on my own taking care of myself and turning my back on love. Well, in my book, that isn't love. And for once, I was turning my back on deceit and control on myself, conceit and control on myself, as well as letting someone else do it to me as well, and taking responsibility for my own life. We don't care what family or others who aren't living our lives for us feel or think. They only see surface. And I have seen in uh, personal relationships close to me how people have had to, you know, I, I would share with them in a counseling situation that, you know, I felt it was in, possibly be in their best uh, interest to find their own way of making a living, really becoming self-sufficient. Well, in the, in the near future, they didn't do it. They depended on their husband. And then guess what? The husband's either gone or can't work or can't hold a job down. And they're back at, you know, at age when they should be retiring they're back working jobs that they would have done when they were 16 or something. So um, I have to make sure I don't try to control how you see your life, even if it doesn't fit with what I see as right. That would prevent their personal growth and spiritual experiences. So I just keep my mouth shut. If they ask for advice, I'll give it to them. If not, I won't. My job as a counselor or coach is to empower and strengthen your best soul's journey so that you can carry your own responsibility. It's a fine line, one that is easy to cross. Many of us project our own feelings onto other people. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever done that to others? Speaking honestly about our feelings is how we take responsibility for ourselves. We simply can't take responsibility for how someone else feels. Now, have you ever grieved over making someone else feel bad? Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't said that. Well, it will just stop you in your tracks. There is a family member that I know that feels rejected and unloved by their family. But they chose a cult, a California cult, over their family and then blamed the family. It happens all the time. The person had choices, had chosen, or had, and also had choices to believe the family is at fault when it was their choice to stay in a cult that destroys families. So much has to be seen in looking at our responsibility. The family had to get out of that situation, could not be a part of that, and in doing so, had to suffer the consequences of, of losing that family member. And I know there are many people listening that have lost family members to relationships, to, to religious groups, to non-religious groups, cults, whatever, because you have to survive 
you have to take your own survival. And in and, and so doing, sometimes you turn your, yourself against those other family members. But the truth is you have to understand they're just under some other person's control. Maybe their wife, maybe their husband, maybe the group. But they don't see things that, you know, that you can, you can have a family member that doesn't believe the way you do and still love them, still be a part of them. You don't have to just cut people off because they don't, you know, believe um, exactly the way you do. So getting to the root of the problem takes courage. It takes responsibility and a strong willingness to take the road less traveled and truly change our lives. Now, I will be real straight with you. I had a chance to have a coaching client um, some time ago, and um, they really just wanted somebody to dump all their problems on. They didn't want to grow. They didn't really want to change. They just wanted somebody to dump their problems on. That's not the type of coach that I uh, am. I am here to really assist you in your life, and I really want to make sure that you are on that road less traveled, and you really want to make some changes. We have to be really, really willing to grow forward and move forward. Um, I have a, uh, my mentor, who, who I have had on the, uh, the show before, um, Robert Tum, is a, a spiritual energy person. But he's not going to work with me if he knows I'm not going to be there and really do my part in it. I mean, he's not going to just sit there and t- take money and just keep doing the work because he has high ethics. He has high integrity and he would not do that because that doesn't help him on his road and it doesn't help me. So the spiritual laws of discrimination and discernment are two areas I personally learned late in life. What are these laws and how do they relate to you getting to the root of a situation that is bothering you? When you listen to my show, you need discrimination and discernment. If someone gives you uh, guidance, check internally. Is their energy high enough? Where are they coming from in their perspective? Are they spiritually oriented or just needing something from you? If feelings or impressions from others don't feel right, we have to discern, don't we? Is it because it isn't true for us or is it something in our subconscious, though, that we don't want to hear? That's where the discernment has to come. That's where the awareness has to come. Oh, I don't want to hear that um, I can't get a job because I... Don't ever go out and get a job. Well, the job will come to me. That's a viewpoint, yes. But, you know, the chances of getting a job by sitting in your living room, uh, maybe if you're on an Indeed or something like that, maybe it will. But overall, you got to get out there and do something. If someone comes up to me and, and tells me that I won't be saved if I don't love Jesus Christ the way they love Jesus Christ, I don't get into it with them. But I know that judgment is not right for me. When I have to find the English on a package, I'm buying because it is in other languages, yet I am in America. I have to discern why this is happening. This is an American-speaking country. If I go to Russia, I'm expected to speak Russia, Russian. For me, this is discerning as I value my freedom in this world and want to make sure that our government is not eroding our freedoms by not being honest. I hope that makes sense to you. It's not that I am against illegal, I mean, illegal immigration, but I, I just, um, I feel like that if I were to go to another country, I would have to learn their language. They're not going to have a special um, uh, sign for me. Uh, you know, there's Dr. Vicky. She only speaks English. You know, I'm, I'm sorry the, the Tower of Babel fell that we don't always speak the same language. That would be really nice. <laughs> but anyway, um, If I even try to pull something over as not truth, 
Uh, my daughter will like, ooh, she she just, um, you know, she she understands. I mean, she's she's very aware and very psychically intuitive. If I have to pull something over, it's not true. She hears the truth in my voice and will say, you know, don't you really mean this? I mean, being raised in the South, I learned to say things that pleased people, not always what was felt or believed. She has really helped me uh, and given me wonderful guidance to help me get over that fakeness in speaking just to please someone. I mean, it's been years, I, but I still will not just, you know, blurt out something. I try to have some discernment with it. I think it's, it's just a kindness. But if somebody does ask me the truth, I typically will say, well, uh, are you really ready to hear what I really want to say? And they'll say, well, I don't know, where am I? And I'll say, well, only you can answer, but it may not be exactly what you want to hear, but I will tell you the truth. And when that happens, um, that's the difference between a counselor and a coach. A coach just asks questions, in case you all did, uh, were wondering. A coach asks questions, and um, a counselor will counsel you through it, can even give some advice sometimes, and can help you sort out. Say, well, what have you ever thought about this situation? You know, what about this? That's a coach, but but also, you know, well, what situation are you talking about? And you'd say, well, let's let's look at some situations. So you can give them advice, and you can say, you know, if you were in this situation, uh, let's say with a job, and you had uh, two or three jobs that you wanted to, to take, um, <clears throat> or a relationship that you were in, you know, you you can ask yourself um, these questions. Now, I had someone call me up the other day. Now, talking about uh, Indeed and some of these um, uh, places that you can look for jobs. Well, somehow or another, don't know how it all happened. It's um, I just don't have all the details, but at least I don't want to share everything to that point because um, it's it's unimportant. But the person really needed a job, and so they got this uh, request to be a uh, an assistant. Well, the person said, well, I don't have time to talk right now. I'm traveling all over the country. I really don't, um, no, no mention of what company they were with, no phone number, what they did. Just, you know, I'll pay you 500 a week. And if you'll do this job for me, be my personal assistant, you know, check all this out for me, you know, my, get my plane and my schedule and all that. And well, I mean, as soon as this person came to me and told me about this, I knew it was con artist. I mean, I already knew. I, I knew what it was, but I'm not going to sit there. I'm going to say, well, you know, I said, what do you, I just don't get a good feeling on it, but, but, you know, check it out. This is what I would do. Step one, step two, step three, step four, check if they have a phone number, check what the name of their business is, get their phone number, call them back, check out with be- better business bureau, you know, bureau, all of that stuff. Well, the next thing they know, they got a, a job offer from this person. This person gave out about 500 job offers a day, probably. And the, the, the con game was they would send you four or $5,000, and you would deposit it in your bank account, and you only had 24 hours to get the toys bought and sent back to them to distribute to these you know, children that didn't have toys. Well, that makes you just hard. Like, oh, how wonderful. Oh, I'm part of such a wonderful thing. Well, guess what? By the time that they sent the toys back and you bought them, that money, would, of course, was not good. And they would have drafted. I don't know how they all do it, but, but um, discernment. Y'all have to be discerning. Be honest with yourself. When you know the truth, let it be conscious to you. This... This person needed a job so desperately that she didn't really discern, you know, what was really going on here. And 
sometimes we do that in our lives and as spiritual people, we need to be discerning. It's not something that we learn necessarily in our schools. We don't learn it in necessarily in our churches because we're like trust people. Everyone is good. If they're kind, uh, then they're a good person. Well, folks, that's, you know, I learned in Rohan, everybody's got a dark side. Even Kelly Clarkson sang about it. You know, everybody's got a dark side. You can learn to control your dark side. You can learn to know what your dark side is. You can learn to put it away so that it never, ever comes to the surface. It's not in control anymore. It's a part of your life that is gone. It's over. It's done. It takes time. It takes consciousness. It takes walking the road less traveled. And then you can truly live a life that's like, wow. There really is a kind person. I mean, she or he is really a kind person. You know what they're going to do in a, in a situation that's not positive. You know what they're going to do in positive situations because you have learned how to, to, to control that dark side. And I, when I say control, that doesn't mean you put it away and you hope it never comes back. It means you've learned what that dark side is that everyone has, and you've learned to um, find out what triggers it, what causes it, and you get over the, the root cause of it. And that's the kind of work, folks, that I do. Not everyone is going to want a counselor coach that goes that deep into your um, spirituality, but it's the way to move up consciously, move up where you really can possibly get a balance in your life that feels so good to you that you feel like this life was worth living. I mean, negative karma. I mean, let's just say um, it isn't easy, but that's how we grow spiritually. And we don't take on, on more karma or negative karma or karma that we have to clean up uh, later in life. And I knew someone from years ago that would say, wow, if I do something wrong, I get, it's like instant karma in my life. But guess what? They chose to continue doing wrong things. That was their choice. And yes, they kept getting instant karma. And I don't know what caused that person. That was not someone that I, um, you know, worked with uh, personally, but I just knew about them. And, and, you know, how, I don't know why they kept doing it. I mean, it was, it was just a, a part of them that they had, I guess, could not control. They could have gotten help on it, I'm sure, to, to find out what that was. But, um, Remember that getting to the root of the problem, uh, even though I love doing it, you have to want to do it. You have to say, you know, I really, I've really had enough of marrying the same kind of person or, or I really want to get out of this job and I really want to move on to a different kind of life. I want to be happy. I want to be happy no matter what. I want to be happy sitting, uh, looking out a window, looking at a squirrel at the same time that I'm out um, working hard and making money for my family, even though I may not be perfectly happy at the job all the time, I'm certainly willing to do this. So it's, it's a, it's a balance. Um, it's, you know, it's just something that, that if you're really wanting to get better, then the universal laws are well worth understanding. I, um, when I move uh, in the next year and a half, that is where I'm going to practice entirely is on helping people, maybe even in the school systems, unimportant now how I do it, but helping young people. Because if young people understood the universal laws of, 
of the world, it would be a lot easier for them to achieve in their lives and make life a lot simpler for them at the same time, because it would be, it would be like, um, uh, just like breathing. It would be so, so natural for them. But then at the same time, teaching them how to be the best they can on this physical, understanding the physical laws of, of the earth that, that humans have made. You know, this, the universal laws don't change. They don't change from Democrat president to Republican president, to, uh, a change in the mayor or the change in the weather. They just don't change. There are one consistency in your life that once you start to really grasp them, use them and apply them, you'll say, wow, that was pretty simple. If I had just known that, I would have not had to have gone through five days of trauma. I could have just done that one simple step and it would all just dissipate it. And that's the way it can look at. Now, last week or several weeks ago, I talked about the law of three request. And I did look it up to discover more about it as I have used that for years. And I heard somebody on the radio today, it's even used in advertising. You know, people don't really hear something until they've heard it three times. It's just a magical, it's a numerology issue. I mean, it's a three, three times. So I, I, um, even though I've used it for years, I really didn't quite understand it. And I don't have a whole lot of time tonight to go over it, but it's simple. When we request our prayer or anything, any any statement that we make to a higher power or consciousness to assist, we bring in an energy that is stronger by doing it three times. It's just re- even when you talk to an angel, you ask, you know, Archangel Michael, Archangel Michael, Archangel Michael, Christ, Christ, Christ. And you remind, it reminds us that we know what we want and we ask three times. It just supports us stronger. It goes way back. I started looking at the um, history of it. It goes way back into religion and spiritual beliefs eons ago. I mean, eons ago. So it was supported by years of history in all walks of life. So it's nothing new. Uh, Most things that work in this life necessarily, uh, you know, obviously science um, is using new things. But boy, you know what I love? What I really love is how scientists use the universal laws. Oh, they're just perfect at it. I mean, we call it metaphysics, but there's physics. They're they're just powerful with it. So anyway, I just want to thank you for listening in tonight. I hope that I said something that helps your life and that will make your life easier and more consciousness for you so that you can breathe easier, have a better life. And until next week, when we will again talk about universal laws in a different aspect of it, I want you to just be blessed, sit back, relax, and really enjoy living your soul's journey because it is your soul's journey and be thankful for it. Good night and stay tuned in. Thank you for listening in to Living Your Soul's Journey. Be sure and visit Vicki in her virtual home at VickiFord.com to learn more about you and how to overcome roadblocks in your path. Until next week, be in gratitude and thank you for tuning in to Living Your Soul's Journey.